Thank you, Matt. What a great job by our team this morning. Let's give them a hand, right? Let's encourage them a little bit. Yes, yes. Great work, great work, all of you. So thankful for all of you. This morning, I want to I want to start out by reading the passage of the morning. So, if we would turn in our Bibles to Mark ten, starting in verse forty six, we're going to read from 46 through 52. Just six verses this morning, but you will be amazed at what's in these six verses. Mark 10, starting in verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting on the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to be here this morning. We are so thankful, Lord, for your word, we are thankful that we are able to receive your word, Lord, and, and hear your word. I pray, God, that this morning that this message would be glorifying to you, and that you, Lord, would preach this word through me, that I would be silent, and it would be your voice that would be heard. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> I, I, I wanted to read the passage first, because the story that I'm going to start out with, you know, some of you may know that I was sick for a couple weeks with COVID, and I don't want to get into all the details of that, but I do want to share with you how COVID actually changed my faith and, and my relationships with people and how I see things. When I first got sick, and it lasted about a week, week and a half, so, and I didn't have it as bad as some people, and so I don't want to make it sound like some terrible, horrible thing, although it was kind of scary in some parts. But anyway, I, I got it, and I felt, you know, really, really, I thought close to the Lord during that time. I really did. I felt like that he and I were kumbaya, that we were together. But as it progressed, and I was unable to focus, and I, all I wanted to do was sleep, and I, I tried to read the word, and it was useless. I couldn't, there was no focus. There was no, it was like, it was hitting a steel rock and bouncing off, and so I gave up. And I didn't pray much during that time. And as the week went on and I got sicker, I started thinking, man, I really feel alone. And we went through a couple of different ministerial trials that honestly I did not handle well because I wasn't in tune with the Lord. And at the end, when I was really not feeling 
close to Jesus, I told Sherry one night, I said, I confessed to her what was going on. I told her, you know, I just, I don't know what it is, but I feel very alone from the Lord. I feel very alone from the Lord. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And so we prayed, and I prayed really hard that the Lord would come back. Not that he went anywhere, because we know theologically he went nowhere. He can't go anywhere. He's with us always. But in my mind, I felt that way, and in my heart. And so I, but I prayed really hard that Jesus would enter back into my heart and open my eyes to Scripture. And I got to tell you, after I did that and I got well, <clears throat> the Lord has been opening my heart to his word like I haven't had in a really, really long time. I thought for sure that my relationship with God was really good and we were on par together, but I realized that I had let it slip. And COVID changed me for the good. And so this, me this message this morning that we're going to talk about, about Bartimaeus, the blind man whose sight was restored, is a little personal to me recently, which is why I chose this passage, because it shows Jesus' majesty, it shows his kingship, but it also shows a persistence that we need to have to be a part of his relationship with us. It isn't just about his part and what he does for us. It is also our part in reaching out to him and pursuing him with all that we have. So when we start out in this passage in, in verse 46, we see that right away. In verse 46, it says that, and they came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, and there was a great crowd. A great crowd. So there was already a ton of distractions. i got to tell you something. This morning, this weekend, has been as Christmas normally is, full of distractions. Nothing but distractions. I had a pair of reading glasses that I've had for five years. I went to the bathroom, and they broke. They were just hanging on my shirt, and they just broke. I mean... It has been distraction after distraction after distraction to do this message. So but we are going to persevere through it, aren't we? We are going to make it through. Anyway, so there's lots of distractions. There's lots of noise. There's a big crowd. This is a busy road between Jericho and Jerusalem. So there's always a lot of traffic. That road is always full of, of people that are, that are begging, that are looking for something. And so it gets a little annoying. It gets a little annoying to people, and they don't want to hear it. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, um, I'm tired of listening to people ask me for things. So the disciples, you know, what do they do? They hear Bartimaeus crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Bartimaeus, when he had heard, he had heard down the road that Jesus was coming, and somehow we don't know exactly how Bartimaeus knew something about Jesus of Nazareth. He knew that Jesus was the one who could help him. He was the only one who could help him. The only one who gave him hope that his blindness could be healed. Jesus was coming, and Bartimaeus was not going to let it go by without a persistent call to the only one who could help him. And the disciples, those you would think would know better, what did they do? They said, you, be quiet, stop. They rebuked him. They told him, stop, stop, what are you doing? 
This is the Lord. This is the King of Kings. You can't cry out to him like that. Bartimaeus said, I don't care what you say. He's going to help me. And he cries out even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. What does Jesus do? He says, call him. Call him and I want to talk to him. Now, we get to this point, and I just want to say, there's some questions that come up for us. This very short, simple, simple passage is so deep with questions for us in our faith and in our lives together. And one of them is, how do we view people who come into our lives that might be a little annoying to us, who come to us and they ask us for things all the time, or people that we see on the street, or people who even come into this church, who sometimes are difficult, they're hard. You know, they've got lots of problems, but they just want help. Do we rebuke them? Do we tell them, you just be quiet, quit going to Jesus. Stop asking, we're tired of hearing it. If we're doing that as a church, then we need to repent of that right now. That can't be happening. And if we're doing that as individuals, we also need to repent from that. We can't be that kind of people, especially as disciples of Jesus, the ones who know the truth, the ones who know that Jesus is the one who can heal people, the one that we want them to come to, the one who can give them eternal life, the one who can solve their problems. How much do we actually believe in the gospel? How much do we believe that the gospel can save, can heal, can fix? We can't be that way. We won't be that way. I promise you. And if we are that way, we are going to repent of that right now. The next thing that comes up is we see Bartimaeus, and he really doesn't care at all what people around him say. He knows Jesus is the way. He knows he's the one, and he needs to get his attention. And so he cries out in spite of the noise that's around him, in spite of the disciples and the people around him telling him to be quiet. Without any hesitation, he continues to cry out to Jesus. So I ask us, as I asked myself when I was sick, how much do I want a relationship with Jesus? In spite of the noise around me, in spite of illness and distractions and things that come up, that people tell me that, why are you bothering Jesus with these little things in your life? Or these things are just too big. He's not going to help you with those. How much do we want a relationship with him? How persistent are we going to be with him? Are we going to cry out to him knowing that he is the only way? Look, there are things in life that we look for that give us short-term comfort. You know, it's like if you've had a tough day, you might want to have a beer or a drink. In this day and age in Colorado, again, we talk about this a lot, you might want to smoke a joint. You might want to do that. You might think, man, I just need to relax. 
in your thoughts and in your mind. Did it ever occur to you that the first place that you should go is to Christ? He is the only way, the only truth, the only life that we have, that we need to go to. Persistent faith. He should be the first place that we go, not an afterthought that we go to only when we have no other way. He is the only way. There is no other way. Bartimaeus knew that. And so he went to Jesus. What does the Bible tell us about persistence? Let's turn to Romans 5. Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says this. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to me. The words of Paul. When we suffer, and suffering, you know, a lot of times we think of suffering as physical ailments. But sometimes we suffer with decision making. Sometimes we suffer with relationships. There are many, many types of suffering that we go through. But the Word tells us that this produces character and perseverance. And that leads to hope. Hope in what? Hope in Christ. Our only way. Our only hope. Just like Bartimaeus. We must pursue Christ with all that we have and everything that is inside of us. We must not be distracted. We must be persistent. We must persevere through difficulty. And we see, you know, when, the, when Jesus says, call him, what does Bartimaeus do? Bartimaeus, the beggars, would have a, a blanket in front of them where they would, people would throw money and trinkets and things in front of them as they would beg. Bartimaeus takes that and he throws it off of him. And he springs up, says he sprang up and went to Jesus and stood before him. He sprang up. He jumped right up. I mean, I don't know about you, but as you get older, springing up kind of takes on a different terminology. I'm not sure I would use the word spring up for me, but maybe Matt, he's younger, he can do it. Spring up and see Jesus. How enthusiastic are we to see Jesus? When he calls us to do something, do we spring up and immediately go to him? The one thing about the book of Mark, when you read the book of Mark, you see the word immediately a lot. Mark wanted his audience to know that Jesus was a man of action. There was no hesitation with Jesus. Immediately, 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 and those that followed him, immediately, 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 and Bartimaeus immediately jumped up and went to Jesus. No hesitation. Do we have that same thought when Jesus calls us that we would immediately just go to him? As we now turn our attention to verses 51 and 52, 
And we get a little taste of this intimate conversation between Bartimaeus and Jesus. And can you imagine what that must have been like for Bartimaeus? He's standing before the one whom, what, whatever it was that he knew of Jesus at the time, whether he knew that he was the Lord, whether he knew he was God, whether he knew that he was going to be the Messiah, we don't really know for sure. But he's standing before the one that in his mind he knows is the one who can heal him. And so he knew exactly how to answer Jesus' question. He says, what is it that you want me to do for you? Do we know what we want from Jesus? Do we know that if the King of kings and Lord of lords, when we come before the throne of God, do we know what to ask of him? You know, and... and uh, in the Oval Office, the presidents say that people will come in and they'll have an agenda. They'll want to talk to the president about something specific. And maybe it'll be because they disagree with the president. But a lot of presidents say that when people will walk into that Oval Office, they completely forget what it was that they were going to talk about because they're overwhelmed by the office. They're overwhelmed by what is going on in there. They're overwhelmed no matter who it is, in the face of the president. In those days when you came before the king, it was amazing. There were, it was a beautiful throne room with stuff all around and gold and silver and pomp and circumstance. It was intimidating to come before the king. But here's Bartimaeus standing before the king of kings the majesty of the Lord, on this road to Jerusalem, that not long after this, Jesus was going to give his life. This was just a few weeks, maybe not even that long, before Jesus was going to give his life on the cross. And Bartimaeus is standing before this Jesus. He says, I just want to regain my sight. Wow. In the passage before this passage, there's a story of James and John. And they ask Jesus, hey, we want you to do something for us. And Jesus says, what is it that you want me to do for you? He says, hey, we want one of us to sit on your left and one of us to sit on your right. And Jesus says, well, you don't really know what you're asking. That's not for me to give. That's already been decided. I can't give that to you. you see, James and John wanted their glory. They wanted to sit with Jesus on the left and the right, with the king of kings. I mean, honestly, who doesn't want to do that? All Bartimaeus wanted was a sight. Now, the thing that's important about this is that Bartimaeus probably wasn't totally blind. The word for blind here is used, it means cloudy. So his vision was cloudy, kind of like having a bad case of cataracts. And I've had cataracts in both eyes. And it's like looking through a dirty window that nobody can clean the glass. And it gets worse and worse and worse, and you can't see. You know, and, and it's possible that maybe he was able to see some light and some shapes, but he was able to find his way to Jesus. So the chances are that his sight, he wasn't totally blind. And yet he wanted to regain his sight. 
He wanted, I just want to see. And of course, the obvious metaphor here for us is that do we want to see Jesus for who he really is? Is our, are we blind in our faith? Are we blind by what it is that we see? As I told you in the opening illustration about me being sick, I found out that I was. I thought I was okay. And it wasn't until the darkness went over my eyes that I realized that I wasn't. I wasn't okay. I needed Jesus to help me restore my sight. What do you want from Jesus? What do you want? If your sight is fine, what is it that if Jesus asked you, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? Do you need wisdom? Then ask. Do you need help in a marriage? Then ask. Do you need to defeat an addiction? Then ask. If you want a relationship with Jesus because you don't have one, now's the time to ask. Jesus is here to answer our prayers. And even if you don't know exactly what it is that you want, in prayer, when you are a believer and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, the Holy Spirit prays on your behalf because he knows what you need. Just like Jesus knew, you think it was any doubt in our minds that he didn't already know what Bartimaeus wanted? Of course he knew. Of course he knew. And then we look at what was Bartimaeus' response. Well, what did Jesus tell Bartimaeus, first of all? That's kind of important. He said, go, your faith, let's read it exactly. He says, he says, and Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Where's your faith today? Where's your faith today? Do you have faith? Where's your faith today? Has your faith made you well? Would Jesus tell you that? Would he open your eyes and say that your faith has made you well? And if he did, would you believe it? That might be the bigger question. And then what happens? Bartimaeus does what? He says, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Immediately he followed him on the way as he recovered his sight. Again, that word immediately, common in the book of Mark. Immediately, he regained his sight and followed him on the way. The final question that I ask of you, and I ask of myself too, through this whole passage is, what do we do with this? Would we immediately follow Jesus? Do we immediately follow him on the way? Are we willing to go where he goes? Are we willing to follow him on the way?
Remember, he is on the way to the cross. He is headed to Jerusalem. He is about ready to be beat. He's about ready to have a crown of thorns thrown on his head. Now, Bartimaeus doesn't know all this, but we do. Are we willing to follow him wherever he takes us? And as a church, when we look at this next year that we're entering into, a couple things for us to think about. Do we want Jesus to uncloud our vision? Do we want him to open our eyes to what it is that he truly wants us to do? He probably has a clearer vision for what we, than what we can come up with in our own minds. And I think it's important for us to ask him to uncloud our vision. We have a church plant in Los Animas that we have been distracted on. And we need to get started here after the first of the year. We have many things. We have, once COVID hopefully comes to its conclusion or at least becomes less of a distraction in the next six months to nine months, there's a whole city here, a town of almost 8,000 people in the surrounding area. Some churches are died here through COVID and are not coming back. And that is sad. This church, God has protected for the most part, and we are doing well. We might have less people on Sunday's attendance, but we are in a good position for us to reach our city for Christ. And we need to ask Jesus to restore our sight, to allow us to see what is ahead of us in our journey with him. And follow him on the way. Just follow him on the way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for this morning. We thank you for your word. Father, you are awesome. We are so grateful that we can come before you, Lord, and just ask for you to help us. And when you say to us, Lord, what is it that you want me to do for you? That we can come and ask. We can know what we need, Lord. And we can bring it before you, Lord. And you hear us. And you answer us. Father, we are grateful for that. And I pray this morning, if there is anyone either online or in this room who does not know you, I pray, God, that when they ask that question, will you help me to regain my sight? Lord, that you would take the blinders off their eyes and help them to see you for who you really are, our King of kings, our Lord of lords, the one who can heal, the one who gives us eternal life through the work that you've done on the cross. Father, you are awesome. I pray, God, that as a church that we also would regain our sight. Lord, that you would take away the cataracts that blind us sometimes over the things that you would have us do. 
And Father, I ask that we would pursue you with all that we have. That we would be persistent, Lord, and we would not let any distraction get in the way of our relationship with you. You are our only hope, Lord. There is no other hope. And we lift your name on high this morning. Amen.